0: what i want you to do folks if you're watching i want you to get your bibles we've been going through the book of galatians and so we're going to look at galatians again today and we're going to focus on the latter part of chapter four so if you have your bibles i want you to turn to galatians chapter four verses 21 through 31 and that's what we're going to focus on today and i want you to remember what we've been doing with this series now we've entitled this series accepted now there's a reason why we gave that title and that is because for a lot of believers the number one struggle that you have if you're willing to admit it is wondering if you're accepted with God and a lot of that has to do with the reality of failure on our part feeling like we're inadequate That we don't measure up spiritually because of something that has been set up in our minds as far as what we need to do in order to be accepted with God. And so we've entitled this series, Accepted, Experiencing Grace Day by Day. And that's the issue. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are accepted and you're experiencing God's grace day by day. And this letter has been very important for us to look at because Paul's writing the Galatian believers. This is just a few months after he was there. He established these churches. He's established them in the faith. He went on to move to another area and he was getting reports that they were being deceived by, in their instance, Judaizers who were coming along and saying, okay, faith in Jesus is good, but you also need to do these other things. And in particular for them, It was keeping the Old Testament law, celebrating the new moons and the festivals and all of the Jewish rites and being circumcised. And and that was the whole concept that if they did that, they would then be accepted with the Lord. We say, well, George, we don't have those problems. We're not keeping Jewish festivals. We're not keeping the new moons. We're not paying attention to the law. No, but we have our own laws and we have our own standards I judge others and we've been talking about that over the last few weeks so Paul's going to kind of move his argument to a close he's moving it to a close because here we are into the end of chapter four and he's going to challenge you and I with how we choose to live how you choose to live what do you mean how I choose to live George well listen to me He's going to challenge you and I about how you're going to live your life as a believer. And you and I have to make that choice. It's not necessarily a good choice. But you and I have to choose how we live our lives. Are you going to live in the grace that Jesus has given you, or are you going to live under the law? Not necessarily the Old Testament law, but some kind of spiritual law that somebody else has imposed upon you, such as you got to do this, you got to do that, you can't go here, you can't do this, you got to read your Bible this many times, you got to pray this much, you got to give, you got to vote this way. That's a big one today. All of that has nothing to do with your acceptance with Jesus. Now, giving, reading your Bible, praying, those are all important, but they come out of grace. They come out of the relationship with Christ. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. Let's talk about giving for a moment. I don't talk about that very often, but when you go to 1 Corinthians, as well as 2 Corinthians, Paul refers to giving as, or you notice this, a grace coming out of the relationship. And if anything, he tells you not to give by what? Compulsion, meaning you're told to do it because that's a spiritual law. Do you understand? You have to choose how you live your life. There's a life of freedom in Jesus where you experience him day by day you experience his grace by grace day by day because you're accepted or you could find yourself in bondage and that's what we're going to look at today we're going to look at choosing how to live so let's look together galatians chapter 4 verses 21 through 31 notice what paul says tell me you who desire to be under the law do you hear the law For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a bondwoman and the other by a free woman. But he who was of a bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of a free woman through the promise. Which things are symbolic? For these are the two covenants, one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar for Hagar is Mount Sinai and Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem which is which now is and is in bondage with her children but the Jerusalem above is free which is the mother of all of us for it is written rejoice o barren you who do not bear break forth and shout you who are not in labor for the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now, brethren, as Isaac was, we are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? cast out the bondwoman and her son for the son of a bondwoman shall not be an heir with the son of a free woman so brethren we are not children of the bondwoman but of the free now here's what we're going to do folks we're going to take this passage and we're going to divide it into three sections we're going to look first of all in verse 21 where paul is telling us to think about it okay think about it then we're going to move from there to the two covenants he's going to describe two covenants he uses them through the illustration of sarai and hagar but he reflects on two covenants the covenant that was formed on mount sinai meaning the old covenant the law and the new covenant the promise which is what we find through jesus and then we're going to end up with what is your true standing because you need to understand that if you're going to choose how to live so all right let's go back to verse 21 now and let's reflect on what he's talking about that he wants you and i to think about look at what he says verse 21 he says this tell me you who desire to be under the law do you not hear the law Okay, who's he addressing that to? Well, he's talking to those who feel that they have to live under a set spiritual laws. In their instance, it was those who felt like they had to keep the Old Testament laws. So he's asking them, he's asking them a question. So I want to make a couple of points here for you and I to think about. Here's the first one. Those who choose to live their lives by spiritual laws must think about it. Okay, I want you to listen to me, all right? Because some of you are like, all right, wait a minute, George, I'm confused. I thought it was good to have disciplines. In fact, George, didn't we have a Bible study here at the church about spiritual disciplines? Yes, we did. And we looked at the whole issue of reading your Bible, praying, service, giving, other areas that are called spiritual disciplines. They are good, but I want you to listen to me. The issue isn't doing the spiritual disciplines. The issue is living your entire lives by them, where they become the focus. Because what happens is, is you place yourself in a bondage. This is what he wants you to do. He wants you to think about why you're living your life by the spiritual laws because what happens is and he's already told us this is when you begin to live your life by your spiritual laws you can't keep up with them I think we already know that right you can't keep up with the spiritual laws. so if you say yourself okay I'm going to set myself to pray 15 minutes a day 15 minutes every day in the morning before I even get my morning coffee before I even get a shower All right, so there you are. You've set up that as your thing. I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. I'm going to read the daily bread. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to do this. Now, here's the problem. You can't do it. What do you mean I can't do it, George? I'll regiment it. I'll have my phone tell me this is the time I'm supposed to do it. I'll make an appointment with God. I'm telling you, you can't do it. Why? Because your regiment doesn't anticipate things. It doesn't anticipate you, and it doesn't anticipate what's happening in your life. You can't do it. Sometimes there's things that happen that are imposed upon you that keep you from doing it. Like what? Some sort of family emergency that you're up till 1 or 2 in the morning. And if you set your time for the first thing in the morning, let's say 6.30, I can already guarantee you like oh i can sleep in the night because i didn't i was up till one or two in the morning with the kids or up at two in the morning with this situation or i didn't get home until this time i'm telling you right now you're going to fail you're going to set yourself up for failure because you can't keep any kind of spiritual law perfect think about it this is what he's trying to say to you and when you fail and if you continue to fail here's what happens in your thinking You begin to think in terms of, oh, I'm not right with God. I'm not accepted. He's going to deal with me. And it happens. You'd be surprised. That shift happens in your mind. He wants you to think about it. Those who choose to live their lives by spiritual laws must think about it. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Do they truly understand the nature of the laws they're trying to keep? Do they truly understand the nature of the laws they're trying to keep? Because if you put even prayer down to something that you have to do, or you put Bible reading down as something you have to do, do you understand the nature of what you're wanting to do there? Because the nature of it is is the laws always expose one thing. This is the nature of laws. Laws will always expose. They're for the purpose of exposing your failure and your sin. Bottom line, the Old Testament law was given to expose one thing. Their need for God, their need for Jesus. When you impose some sort of spiritual law in your life, it's always going to expose your need for Jesus. You're a failure, and we can't handle that. Do you understand? There's conviction that comes from that. There's struggle. A great place to understand that struggle is Romans chapter seven. Think about what Paul says. The good I wanna do, I can't do. That which I don't wanna do, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who can save me from this body of sin? See, this is what Paul's getting to here. When he says in verse 21, look, look at what he says again. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? He's saying, guys, for those of you who want to impose yourself these things, live according to this. Don't you really know what you're doing? Don't you really know what the purpose of the law is? So in order for us to understand it, in order to answer what he's basically saying to those folks in verse 21, we now come to the issue of the two covenants, okay? The two covenants, and we're going to see this in verses 22 through 27. And here he talked about two sons who were born, one to a slave woman, which was Ishmael, the slave woman was Hagar, and one who was born to a freed woman, who was Sarah, and the one who was born to a freed woman was a promised one. Who was that? Isaac. And then he goes on and says that they represent two different things. And so I'm going to make, are you ready for this? I'm going to make several points here that you need to grasp about the two covenants. And they're going to help you and I to understand how we choose to live. So here's the first one. The first covenant, the law gave birth To spiritual bondage the first covenant the law gave birth to spiritual bondage look at what he says in verse 24 and 25 for these two are two covenants the one from mount sinai which gives birth to bondage which is hagar for hagar is mount sinai in arabia and corresponds to jerusalem which now is and is in bondage with her children. So what he's referring to here is is he's saying the first covenant was the law, and it refers to the spiritual bondage that the Jewish people themselves find themselves under. Paul refers to it that there was no way that they could even keep the law. Why would we impose it on the Gentiles? We weren't even keeping it. It is a laws that we cannot keep, that we only fail at. That's the first covenant. So listen, so here you are. You're trying to live your life according to whatever the rules are, the rules that maybe your church is imposing on you or something. I'm telling you, that law is only going to do one thing. It's going to bring you into bondage, a bondage that leads to spiritual defeat because you can never keep it perfectly. You need to understand that. But we don't. We don't. In fact, I was just thinking about it this week. Think about it for a moment. What is the greatest testimony of a group of people who were given a morality to keep? That was the nation Israel, found in the Old Testament, who were given, what, the Ten Commandments, all of the law, dietary, everything, To follow to what? Seek the Lord. What's the greatest testimony of the fact that they couldn't do it? The Old Testament. They never could do it. Because, folks, they were never intended to do it. They were intended to what? It was intended to drive them to the God who would what? Be able to do it through them. But it didn't. They were in spiritual bondage. The first covenant is the law, which gives birth to spiritual bondage. The second coming, which is represented by the Jerusalem to come, the second covenant, the Jerusalem to come, is freedom to those who believe. See, this is it. You and I, when we come to Christ, he abolishes the law. He gives us acceptance. He gives us a new life to live. He gives us freedom. That's the second covenant. We see that here in verse 26 and 27. Look at what it says here. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, for you who do not bear, bring forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Sarah had more children than just Isaac. You want to know who her children are? You and I who are believers in Jesus Christ. That's the point here. The second coming, the Jerusalem that is to come, is freedom to those who believe. Now that brings us to this whole issue now of our true standing. And that's where we're going to focus on in the rest of our time this morning. Verses 27-31. through You and I need to understand our true standing if you're gonna choose how to live. Do you understand me? You gotta understand who you really are in Jesus if you're gonna choose how to live. And so with that, I'm gonna close our time with four points here from this passage. Four points, let's look at them together. Here's the first one. The true standing of believers is that they are children of promise. The true standing of believers is that they are children of promise look with me at verse 28 look at what it says but we brethren as isaac was are children of promise this is the first thing you need to understand about who you are as a believer and your acceptance with jesus listen your acceptance with jesus is not trying to keep these spiritual rules and laws you can't do it in the first place you can't ever gain acceptance with Jesus that way you gain acceptance because of who you are you are his children how do we become his children by believing in what he did for us by putting our faith and trust in what he did for us then we become children of the promise. And because we're children of the promise, does that change my status with the Father? No. You have a status now because you are His children. Your failures, does that change your status? No. You're children of the promise. You're heirs, always to be heirs, no matter what your failures are. That's your true standing. The true standing of believers is that they are children of the promise. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Children of the promise are persecuted by children of bondage. Now notice what he says here. It's interesting. When you look at the scripture, look with me, verse 29. He says this. But he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. We see that in Genesis. Ishmael persecuted Isaac, and that's why Sarah wanted him sent away, and and Abraham did that. But notice what what, what else Paul says here, even so it is now. What does that mean? He's saying right now those who are in bondage to keeping rules can't handle somebody who lives in freedom, and we see that. Some of you are experiencing that right now, you're living your life in freedom to Jesus, and somebody comes alongside of you and says, well, you shouldn't be doing that, because good Christians don't do that. Good Christians don't vote that way, like that still has anything to do with it. It doesn't. Good Christians don't do this. Good Christians don't do that. And, and what are they doing? They're, they're persecuting you for living in your freedom." You're just trying to live in the freedom that Jesus gives you. But somebody comes along and says, well, you can't dress that way. You can't carry that Bible. You can't go there. You can't do this. You can't do that. They're persecuting. The children of the Parmas are persecuted by the children of bondage. That's happening today. You see it even now. Some of you are listening to them. You hear what I said? Some of you are listening to them and it's leading you into bondage. You've got to choose something different. Understand your true standing. Here's the third point I want you to see. Okay? Third point. The reality is, is that those who live according to the law will not inherit the promise. Now, listen to me, folks. This is true throughout Galatians. He said it from the very, very beginning that those who preach another gospel, that you have to do things in order to gain acceptance with Jesus, anathema with to them, literally the hell with them. He's p- pronouncing judgment on them. It's telling you that people who, who believe that their acceptance with Jesus is based upon doing certain things, they're not going to inherit the promise. They're no different than the person who's living like a hellion in this world, who doesn't care about Jesus, is doing their own thing. These people are religious, but their religion isn't going to save them. What saves them is what? Faith and trust in what Jesus did. So here you are, and you're allowing these religious people to impose upon you a standard that only brings about defeat But the problem is, is they themselves aren't even going to experience the promise. Do you understand? Do You see what he's getting at here? That's not your true standing. So finally, he comes to that final point. I want you to see here. As children of the promise, you have been set free from the bondage of the law. Listen to me. Because you came to Jesus, and I think everybody understands that. Listen to me. Everybody would agree with me, there is nothing that you can do for your salvation. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Isn't that what Paul says in Ephesians? Chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It's a gift of God. You reached out, you accepted that gift. You realize there's nothing you can do to gain that acceptance with God, to gain that salvation. Why do you think that you have to do something to maintain it? There was nothing you could do to gain it in the first place and I'm telling you there's nothing you can do to maintain it. So listen to me, you've been set free from the law. Will you say what's the reason for prayer? What's the reason for Bible study? What's the reason for giving? What's the reason for serving? What's the reason for getting together as a church? You do that out of the salvation that you've been given, not for it. Do you understand? As children of the promise, you've been set free from the bondage of law. Now that comes down to the issue then, how are you going to live? How are you going to live, my friends? That's really the issue. Are you going to live in bondage or are you going to live in freedom? So with that, I'm going to give you these two closing thoughts, okay? Two closing thoughts I want you to think about. Here's the first one. You choose to live in spiritual bondage or spiritual freedom it's your choice you are the one who chooses you choose to live in spiritual bondage what do you mean I choose to live in spiritual bondage listen if you're living your life by a set of spiritual laws you're just going in spiritual bondage why because you can never achieve them but if you choose otherwise to live in the freedom that he's given you that's life You're the one who has to choose. I can't choose it for you. There's an awful lot of people who want to tell you how to do it, but they can't do it for you either. You choose to live. Now, understand, if you choose freedom, somebody's always going to disagree with you. Might be a family member. Might be another Christian in town or something. Always know that. Not everybody's going to agree with you. But you choose. You choose to live in spiritual bondage or spiritual freedom. Here's the second thing I want you to see effort never results in acceptance with god that you are wanting effort never results in the acceptance with god that you are wanting do you understand me i've seen it through the years people who come to church why are they coming to church never came to church before but now they're coming to church because they're wanting something from god And then when they get it, or if they don't get it, that determines whether or not they come back at all. A lot of times they don't come back because they got what they were wanting, so they no longer need to do it. Or they get upset with God. Well, I was doing this, I was praying more, I was giving more, I was coming to church, but you didn't do it, God. First of all, acceptance with God never works. It doesn't bring what you're wanting. You can't manipulate Him. Effort never results in the acceptance that you're wanting to do with God. Look, you're accepted because you're his child. You need to understand that. That's the point Paul is making. Now, I hear what some of you are thinking right now. Maybe you're saying it out loud as you're listening and watching this. You're saying, okay, George, you're telling me I can't live by spiritual laws, that I need to live in the freedom that I have. I don't know how to live in the freedom. I don't know how to do that. How do I find out? Well, my friends, this is the wonderful thing about the Scripture. Scripture doesn't just tell you what not to do. Scripture tells you what to do and how to live in that freedom. And so that's why we have chapter 5 in Galatians. So starting next week, Paul's going to move us away from living in the bondage to living in the freedom we have. That means living in the Spirit, and we're going to see that starting next week. And so I hope you'll continue on with me through this study. Let's pray about this right now with the Lord.